0: I'm great, how are you? I'm great, dude, let me get situated here Dude, so you know what I've noticed, man? You're a pretty stylish guy Thank you Where are you from originally?
1: Born and raised in New Jersey Okay Um, Yeah, grew up in Jersey Moved to the city uh, for college And I moved to LA for like a year and change, but mostly I lived here. Is that where you got the fashion bug, bro? Not at all.
0: Dude, so like in high school, I was always just such a fashion guy. Yeah. I I mean, like I would spend copious amounts of money. Like when I worked at a day job, so like all the paycheck money, I would just buy like a dumb Gucci shirt. That's amazing. (laughs) Like now I just, I am just a sweats guy, but I have all those collectibles that I could just whip out, I guess. For the 30
1: years. Fashion's one of those things where... If if you're famous, you can get away with being violently unfashionable. And they think it's fashionable. And they go, that's fashion. fashion. That's like the
0: Shia LaBeouf thing, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But if you're not, if you're just a normal dude living your daily life and you are fashionable, I think it's less so with women. But if you are fashionable as a guy, depending on your circle, people will rip you for it. Yeah, They dude. get intimidated by someone who Bro, has even would, a little bit of a bold I, choice. I, would, I was called wearing. gay, constantly, metrosexual, oh nonstop. Yeah. And it, or even just, like... Because that's one thing, and that, like, stems from other stuff, but it's certainly a part of it. But also just, like, stupid. That looks dumb. Take that off. You don't have the <laughs> confidence to wear that, yeah, even though yeah, I did, yeah. and I'm wearing... You know yeah, what I mean? Dude. Like, I bought a Von Dutch hat. It wasn't even real. It Bro. had a tiger on it. It was a it was a blue hat, and it had, like, a bedazzled tiger on it. It is... Like jean material dude, or something? Dude, it, it was... <laughs> It was objectively the dumbest looking thing ever. Yeah, and it was. But what, like, I bucks. like, it's bucks? wild. Yeah, no, bro. it was like fifteen dollars. It was like in oh, oh yeah, China. it, was, it, was, it like was a garbage fake when, it was fake when you were saying. But I thought it was cool because I was yeah. sixteen and it had a tiger on it. So I was like, I'm Dude. gonna wear this. And I think I took it off. Like, that's so funny you mentioned that. Like day.
0: probably two days ago, um, well, I was at my my grandma's house for Christmas, and she has all these photos just from when we were younger, all over the place. I see myself in a Von Dutch hat from when I was ten years old, and that's when it was like super yeah. at the peak, bro. Like yeah. I remember. This girl who I had a crush on bought me one for my birthday. And I was like, whoa, this is the coolest thing ever. And then the upperclassmen were like, listen, kid, you don't want to wear that on the street. Somebody's going to rip it off your head. Yeah, But Von Dutch, I guess, making like a little comeback. Do you see that documentary on Hulu of it? Apparently the guy who... Made the company it was like super Nazi type. He said anti-Semitic shit all the time, and his I'm name sure. was just Von Dutch or whatever.
1: Oh, you were, were you a big Abercrombie guy? Not really. I, I mean, I definitely was. I'll say this: my taste, because I have two brothers, and they dress very similarly. They're they're pretty. Um, they're finance dudes, so they dress like kind of what you'd expect. Like it's conservative wear. Sweat it look vest? all looks nice sometimes. Sometimes. It gets if, a little it's like, if it's chilly or if it's like a, a <laughs> yeah. family dinner, they'll oh, wear that. Right, 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 but right. mostly it's just like nice collared clothing and like, you know, whatever, pressed pants or whatever. All right. I never liked that kind of stuff. I always was like, give me like black ripped jeans. Like I like chain wallets. I like rings. Like I always liked weirder, sort of goth looking stuff. Yeah. I'll warn my buddies all the time. I'm like, yo, you guys better pray that I never get famous because I will be on that like Jared Leto, MGK. I'll wear crowns and and leathers. I love it. Why? It's such a fun way. Like, dude. Part of the reason I love sketch comedy, comedy in general. Is because you get to dress up. Like, it's fun to just like. like costumes? You know, indulge in like other energies and characters. Because the thing is, like, when you're walking down the street on a daily basis, you feel a hundred different ways, right? Like, you, you, there's a moment during the day where you feel super depressed and you, you understand like the kind of goth aesthetic. You feel dark and stuff Especially like that. Especially in
0: New York City, man, where like black is yeah. the go to. Totally. Totally. Being in FIDA, you must see a ton of that uh, sweater vest type. Uh, it's finance, mo- it's most stuff. of the dudes actually
1: yeah. dude it's funny you should say that because uh so i live with Let me turn this off sorry yeah, that's good i thought it was me for a second no, all good bro what were you saying so uh i live with my brother who's in his 20s and two of our buddies from growing up who are in their 20s uh-huh. and they all have like jobs in finance or you know whatever stuff like that and all of them have had different groups of like four or five friends come over this week just to like hang out and crash at the place. And I probably met the same dude 15 times and they're different races, different ethnicities, but they have similar jobs. They went to similar colleges and just have the same like way of talking and like, it was just the same guy, 15 times. And I loved, I grew up with that type of dude, just like just bros. So every single one that came in the door, I was like, what's up, bro? Like, I love you. Good night. Like, we're like all tight just by way of this tribal thing of like, we just know we had the same sort like the of the finance upbringing. tribe, the camaraderie. It's it's like, it's pre, it's the guys who become finance guys. Because a lot of them are just fresh out of college. They don't even really have like a good job or a true identity in that way yet. But they have a similar aesthetic. They like the same shit. They, they party the same way. They listen to the same music. They, I,
0: think that, I think that starts at the frat level, too, in college. Totally, you know. Totally. And then you come to the city, and you're like, oh, that guy was my frat brother. Like yeah. He's going out drinking on the freaking 100%. downtown. Let's go meet him up.
1: And it's, it's also meet like you play sports in high school or middle school, and then that's the kind of introduction to that type of like male camaraderie, and then it becomes a frat thing. And then it becomes like your finance or, or even just your, your coworker group. And then like by the end of, by the end of your life, like it's just, a, that's your circle is this one type of people. Where, and I always was in different types of circles. All over the place. Well, where'd yeah. you grow up in New Jersey? Bergen County. Okay.
0: So I lived in New Brunswick for six weeks, then oh, moved shit. to uh, Manhattan. So my dad yes. grew up in Jersey. My dad's family grew up there. Yeah. So I, I a lot of time back and forth. Yeah. But how long have you been in New York for?
1: since 2011 and
0: you went to college where before that NYU nice all right man so you were taking like theater classes at NYU or I did uh
1: yeah well I majored in dramatic writing so like film and television Do
0: you think that helped a lot
1: not as far as my career no
0: as of right now maybe it helped
1: as of right now well it helped I mean I have a skill set that I wouldn't have gotten without that but in terms of what they sell you on which is like network and opportunity like that's just a liberal arts college
0: I would think because like the networking side just seems like being out a week in comedy and going to ten comedy shows like you network That's way better exactly than you would it. in four years or how long yeah. was well that program?
1: I mean, I was there for four years, but again, it's like a liberal arts college, so I also had to take like science classes and like ancient Egyptian architecture and stuff like that. So how it's did like, you
0: how did you do? You find yourself like comfortable doing those what? academic type subjects? Not really, man. I. Well, getting into NYU, dude, that's a tough feat, especially being from New Jersey, because a ton of people from New Jersey just want to be in the city.
1: You know what it was for me, dude, is it was my portfolio. I had a writing portfolio because I've been doing stand up and writing sketches since I was like a junior in high school. So I knew I wanted to be in the city and I knew that was like the best place to work on comedy and go to do stand up at night. So I aimed for it, but I didn't have the GPA or the SAT score course to get in so it was a lark i was like why not a buddy of mine was like you miss 100 of the shots you don't take like, you <laughs> i love it. that so i was like all right so i did it and i got in on my actually one of the directors of the program told me later that i got in off my portfolio so that was such a point of pride for me for yeah. so long is it like oh i'm but it reinforced a negative like behavioral pattern in me which was that like i only do exactly what the fuck i want to do I'm, like, terrible at, like, in class, I was terrible if it wasn't something I genuinely cared about. Uh, I would, like, I would cheat on all my assignments. I would just not do them. I would show up late. I would rely on, like, charm and, like, extra credit and, like, just, just ways to pass without having to, like, be diligent about the schoolwork. And then as far as, like, jobs that I held, like, all throughout my teenage years and 20s was, like you know, working in restaurants and like either getting fired or quitting. After. Like Buffalo Wild
0: Wings, right? I think I, did, I saw that dude. for yeah. A yeah.
1: I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> I worked at TGI Fridays. I worked at I love that. Harvest Beast. I mean, you name it. Like I would just go around the mall every summer working at every different place until I quit or they fired me. Yeah. I, cause I can't, I'm not good. I'm, ex- I'm an extremely both passionate and apathetic person and it's pretty binary. And so it's hard for me to like, dude, I don't even want to go to people's fucking weddings. I'm like that's not about yeah, me. That's that doesn't advance my plot. Like imagine if you were watching a show and the main character just like went to somebody else's episode. Uh, like you're just like I don't care about this. I'm just standing here. It's so selfish and terrible. But interesting I just, way is, to put it.
0: That would come go to somebody else's episode. Yeah, it's just especially when, when I, you think about your life and forms of. I don't know if you've ever heard the Joe Rogan was saying. Imagine a documentary crew is following you around all the time. Mm. So if you think about life. Like that. And then each level and characters. Yeah, you're right. Especially like you don't want to go to somebody from high school's wedding that you haven't seen in 15 years. No. And a destination wedding, you know, at the very least.
1: It's uh, because especially for us, right? Like we spend all of our time being creative and trying to find ways to have an exciting day or night. Like, everything we do is like indulging a very fantastical part of ourselves, right? Like, we perform and we're hypothetical on stage and we're imaginative on stage. Other people, like, they have a wedding and a birthday party, and that's the most attention and and, and and fun. And Friday night. So they get bombed. But, like, we're doing something, we're doing theater every day and night. Like, you get to, it changes you fundamentally when you're creative frequently because you don't need to indulge in, like, these, what like, dude, a wedding and a birthday party, especially the way a lot of people like to have them, it's basically, like, this, like, narcissistic indulgence of, like, why you're, like, everybody comes and brings, it's, like, a weird thing that we do, right? Just for, like, a person who is turning 16 or whatever. But, like, I never give a fuck about birthdays, like, especially in the last 10 years, just because, like, every day I'm kind of celebrating myself and my ideas and my, you know what I mean? I don't know, it's just... Maybe that's aggressive, but I just don't feel like um, people generally indulge themselves enough and celebrate themselves enough. And so it leads to birthdays and stuff like that being like a way bigger deal because there's so much pressure on it to be their day. Like every day is your day. Just have, just indulge yourself. Did you play sports growing up? I did. I played lacrosse football and basketball.
0: I think also like a lot of the comedy mindsets revolve around sports and just like not giving up. And just progressing through life in that way and Mm -hmm. doing things that are uncomfortable. You know, like I played, I chose between baseball and tennis when I was like 12 years old. I felt that I could have played college baseball. I ended up playing college tennis, but I felt like it was interchangeable for me. But the idea of me pitching and somebody hitting an easy pop fly into the outfield and outfield or dropping the ball, like something that was completely not in my control, just really would piss me off. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was just like, I could have done that. So like sure. So I think my the way I kind of navigated through college and I ultimately ended up like working at a real estate company, my dad's company for six years before I even yeah. was doing comedy like full time. So I think it was just like I needed to find my inner child where I was like, I don't want, I don't want somebody else to be in control of what makes me pissed. You know, like I I want to be pissed
1: like on my own terms. I completely identify with that because working in restaurants, there's a, so I worked always on your ass, right? Somebody's always on top of you. And also the work that you're doing matters not like it really, really is just the tiniest part of somebody else's day. And it's not even that consequential to them. Like if you're late bringing a plate of food to somebody's table by like a minute, that's a minute inconvenience for them. But how much shit I get for that minute is totally disproportionate to how much your meal was ruined. Like imagine being you're like oh god damn like where's the food or whatever and then 35 seconds after you say that it comes. That 35 seconds like feels like an eternity when you're waiting for your food, but then you eat your meal and you're and everything's fine. But then I like maybe get fired or you know what I mean I'm so angry. Do you have any crazy while, stories from the restaurant? I mean so many, bro. Like but what's the most it's, memorable one? There was a kid <laughs> I worked at a restaurant in Jersey and uh I worked a really nice guy um, Albanian dude who owned an Italian restaurant. And he needed people to, like work in the kitchen and he was a really good guy. So he would give people who like really had no business working in this like very nice Italian restaurant a shot. So he hired this one kid that was a friend of another guy who was a waiter. And the kid had like just gotten out of prison. He, like <laughs> <laughs> How old is he? He was like maybe like 20 or something, dude, like really young. And he was like, he was the type of dude who like looked like bad news. Like he had like mad face piercings mm-hmm. and like, so he like comes in and he's just looking for any excuse not to do what he's like being told to do. And I'm also like borderline scared of the kids. So like, even though I'm above him, like he would just like not do the shit he was supposed to do. Like wouldn't fold the napkins and like do the silverware or whatever. And I'll just be like, yeah, dude, it's cool. Like fuck this place. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like, you're on team that guy. hundred percent in front of him. And then the back, I'd be like, he's really like not pulling his weight around here. So, he gets yelled at for not taking out his, like, nose rings and shit, which is, like, look, I get it. Like, everybody should be able to express themselves or whatever, but it's also, like, you walked in here and asked for a job, so you gotta, like, kind of follow the rules or whatever. So, he gets yelled at for, like, not taking his his nose ring out and whatever, And and then he takes He's like he gets in a fight with the manager, and he's like, you know, fuck it. Like, all right, you want me to take it out? I'll take it out. And he like takes it out, but he does it really aggressively, and he starts bleeding out of his nose. Oh, into the guacamole. (laughs) Into the (laughs) guacamole. But dude, even worse, he's like. the, the, the manager's like Go clean yourself up Like what are you doing man Like come on I give you a job here Ba 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 And he's like He's like oh like yeah You made me do that And you want me to like Go bust the tables And I will I will And so he like Goes out to bust tables Like bleeding from his oh face Oh my
0: god Wait was this a TGI Friday's Boneless Buffalo Wait which restaurant dude, was Dude this? this was
1: I, I won't say the name
0: But it was oh, like okay. a nice
1: Like Jeez local cake, restaurant <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't even a chain oh, dude. okay it's a it local, local even Which you don't want to say because, right, like, right right If you work at like a chain You can yeah. kind of be like oh, You get like, away with that guy McDonald's has lawsuit money. Like it'll right. be, f- it's the corporation, but yeah. this was like, and those people John's would like, those people yeah. will go
0: to another McDonald's again. They wouldn't go to John's beach truck. To-
1: totally, totally. But, uh, so, so shit like that happened. <laughs> He's I'll just going around it, the table. He's like, can I do anything Dude, for like you? Bleeding out of his nose. What would you and never forget? What were you saying? One thing I'll never forget is like, um, I'm taking, taking the bus in the morning into the city to like do stuff, do stuff like this, do podcasts or whatever, do stand up shows at night. And then I would like crash at a buddy's this was before I lived in the city. Where in Jer- How would you get back to Jersey though? Which bus? The one that goes through the There's Lincoln a, Tunnel? Uh, sometimes. There's a 166 from Port Authority that goes, uh, it's like really local. So it takes like an hour and a half, but it goes eventually to a town called Tenafly that's near my mom's town. And then there was like another direct one Jewish that I would catch town. sometimes. Very. Um, so I uh, I'm like sleeping at buddy's places and then taking the bus super early to like get to this restaurant because they would do like brunch and stuff like really early and then like work a half day shift take the bus back and so I'm doing it on like this cycle of like every day so I'm like exhausted and like really hating the fact that I have to like come back to this place and like Polish silverware and serve people, and just like really hating that I'm not just like a full time comedian. Because I mean, yeah, because you got a taste of it at night, and yeah, then you have to like go and do the shitty so part in the beginning. Then totally. the high part, shitty part, high part, shitty.
0: Right. And if if the show sucks, right, but then bro, the next day, right? But at least sucks. it's not the whole time. It's like the shitty part. Totally. You know, that's how some and, people go through and their life.
1: That, totally, some people really that's their whole life. But I always felt like, and everybody has a very different situation. Not everybody has like the privilege to go do comedy. But like, I always felt that if you have a choice go for your dreams. Cause you can always go back and work at a restaurant. Like that's always an option is to struggle and survive. But if you have the opportunity to go and when you're working in a restaurant, you're working with a lot of people who have the opportunity to try something, but are just a shithead. And like, like in Jersey dude, most of the people that work in restaurants are just some fucking shithead who like barely got out of high school. Like I, there's so many of those guys around me where I grew up as just dudes who were just like, ah, they're probably good at sports in high school, having a good time, didn't try hard enough for anything. Didn't like really have an identity or like a sense of purpose or, or passion or pursuit. So they just kind of flounder for a bit and then end up like working at a restaurant. So I was surrounded by like that energy and I'm like, you know, I'm cleaning dishes or whatever one day and, uh, the boss, the owner of the restaurant is from Albania And he's talking to me one day about how, like, it was his dream as a child. He loved Italian food to come to this country and open an Italian restaurant. So I'm looking at him and I'm like, oh, this is like his kingdom and his dream is fulfilled. And I'm just fucking in his dream. I'm just washing dishes like in his dream. And it just dawned on me in that moment, like, oh, I got to like go make my own thing. Like, I don't want to be a part of somebody's. I'm happy to help and contribute or whatever. That's part of life. But like that, my goal is to build my own like sanctuary and like thing that other people can contribute to. And like, just be, I I didn't matter there. I don't like being places where I don't matter. That's, that's existentially difficult for me. And I, I think that that speaks
0: to, you know, a lot about each person's dream on their own. You know, like some of these immigrants who come here and they open up a dry cleaning shop they're open 12 hours a day, seven days a week. They're like, this is my dream. I have my own business. The rent's going up a little bit, but it's okay. You know, we still have family members. Uh, But yeah, dude, it's freaking crazy how everybody's life just looks so different. And some people are super happy working at the corporate job, making a ton of money. Maybe they have their like office romance, something like that. Mm -hmm. Bro, when I was working at my dad's company, I was like, Get me out of here. Especially yeah. since I was like, oh, like, I, is it 15 years yet? Have, am I going right. to be able to take over the company yet? Right. So I just, I find myself sometimes just looking at the screen, the computer screen, MSN, like waiting for another story to pop up, mm-hmm. another headline. So it, 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 it's it's crazy to, when you're in the moment, you're like, I don't want to be in this moment. But there are things you could do to get yourself out of those ruts, I would say. You got to work, to work. There's guess.
1: different types of struggles in that way, right? Like, you can you can pick something really crazy to go after, like we do with comedy and with with the arts and stuff, and there's days where you're like, oh, I don't have a show, or I don't... You just feel like there's a lack of opportunity or something, and that is a really... It's a really poignant, really focused um, experience of like... I don't want to go as far as to say depression, but you feel shitty in a way that is exactly what you're what you want is not there whereas when you're working in a restaurant you're like this fucking sucks like that just sucks because it sucks to work in a restaurant. But when, when your dream isn't going well, it's like a different type of... Because if the restaurant,
0: you're not digging for something deeper. Totally. You're not like, all right, keep busting, keep busting. Something's right. there, something's there, something's there. Like when you're in the comedy game, right. you're like, oh shit, this went well, this went well. There's something there, there's yeah. something
1: there. But there, but that's the thing is that when you're quote unquote like failing or, or struggling rather in the thing that you want to be su- like succeeding at, you innovate and you figure it out. And like you can cope with that With that lack of, you know, success or whatever. But in a restaurant, you just take it on the chin. You're just like, life sucks. Well, whatever. I'll fucking get drunk this weekend. Living in
0: someone else's dream, I think, is an interesting thought. Especially when your boss is like, this is my dream. And you're helping him accomplish his dream. Yeah, I just, I didn't like it. I was like, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you, but fuck
1: this place. Did
0: anything make you really want to leave? New Jersey, as opposed to just being able to go back and then come to the city or you wanted to be in the city full time for a while.
1: Well, there's the practical element of like doing comedy here. So you got to live here. But when I first moved away from Jersey, like after I graduated college, I went to L.A. for a bit. It was like family stuff, grown pains like you. You get to a point as a young dude where you're like, I need to be alone. Why did you go there,
0: though? Was it kind of like the NYU, LA people bringing you out there maybe? No, because
1: I didn't have any... I had one best friend who lived in LA, and we were just best friends through stand-up, a dude named Abby Robert. But I didn't have any friends in LA that came with me. from New. I went alone, and he was my only buddy there, and then I made friends when I was there. But I think I went because it was not New Jersey, and I wanted to live somewhere else, be somewhere else, experience somewhere else. I would maybe thought that it was going to be good for like... My career, kind of, sort of, but it was more just a personal thing of, like, needing to, you know, like, the odyssey, right? Like, you have to leave home and eventually come back. And I didn't know if I would stay there forever. Yeah, how long were you there for? Almost two years. Damn, bro. I didn't even, yeah. I Six months, I was like, wow, this is amazing. You really liked it. And then it turned on a dime.
0: When did you move out there? What year? Before the pandemic?
1: Before the pandemic... And I came back like right, right, right before the pandemic started. So like maybe, maybe a year before the pandemic started. So it must've been like 2016, 17. I moved there. Yeah. And then I came back here cause I, I was headlining Caroline's um, and I uh, had, I had auditioned for the seller for SD and I got passed and then I, and I also did like a, a short film. So I just had a busy week here and I had so much fun and I was like, I fucking hate L.A. I just realized like I wasn't having.
0: What was your living situation car. out there? You had a car in like Hollywood? Or I didn't something? have
1: a car. I oh. lived in West Hollywood. I didn't have a car, but I lived with another. I, w- I lived with my buddy, Abby, um, and we had, a, we had a good time and stuff. Eventually he moved out. So I spent like probably half the year living with this, this random girl that uh, we got to sublease. Uh, it was like Craigslist? I saw something like that. Was Facebook she a 10 or, or what? She was cute, <laughs> but cute. you know what it was, dude, we were very fast friends and she was younger and she was kind of like a little sister and I loved it. And we, we, had, we were, had great times like hanging out. She'd come out. She was new to LA as well. Um, and then she turned psycho on me like right at the end.
0: Why? I don't know. She wanted something more than the friendship, bro. Yeah. It I
1: sounds don't, about right. Looking back on it, I'm sure that's a possibility Went psycho
0: on you though. What'd you do?
1: Do like I, clean up the dishes? It was something like this, right? It was like me and my, me and my buddy um, split the rent evenly. My bedroom was bigger, but he had a car. So he got the parking spot. And you
0: guys split the bathroom, shared the
1: bathroom. We each had a bathroom. Oh, okay. So my, my room was a bit bigger. Um, and was so we bath- made Sorry, a, it was your
0: bathroom in the bedroom though. Like it was like a um, master or you had to go outside into the hallway, into the bathroom? Because that, that matters a little bit.
1: So that when you, you walk in, it's like a big living room and a kitchen. And then there's like a thin hallway. And to, on the left of one of the, on the hallway, there's a bathroom. And then like that has a door. And then there's another door to the bedroom.
0: Well, when people come over, where do they drop a deuce? In your bathroom or her bathroom? If anyone <laughs> ever came over and they were
1: my guest, yes. they'd use my bathroom. Okay, right um so so here's so yes there's a wall separating like he can't go into his bathroom without going into the hallway but the hallway has two doors so the hallway is a room so it's it's very much his bathroom and my bathroom the the thing is is that there's you don't have to go into the hallway to get into my bathroom this was a very big deal to her i think the difference in our rent was like $200 or something, not even, $150. And and our deal was that, like, my buddy got the parking spot. It was his parking spot. And he could rent it to people. Like, it's a valuable thing to have a fucking parking spot on Sunset Boulevard in L.A.
0: Is it in the building?
1: Yeah, yeah. But you don't need, like, anything. You can just go into the driveway. um, And you need to park under the building. So at some point, she found that out. And she was irate that, her and I were paying the same thing, but my bedroom was a couple of square feet bigger. So she, in, in like a day, she, um, she started like, you know, putting her, putting her place up. So like she could replace herself in the apartment. And wow. it was nuts because I remember I was like, I didn't understand that she was upset or whatever. So she, she's like, she's like, all right, well, um, I'm going to move out on Thursday. So like, I'm like, what day was this? This was like Monday or whatever. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let me know if you need help or whatever. And then uh, I come home um, early just to go to the gym or something Wednesday. And she's moving out that day. And she's stealing all my shit. Not like from my bedroom, but like all the kitchenware, dude. She took like all my forks and knives and spatulas. And I'm like, hey, these are, I'm like going through the stuff. I'm like, hey, these are mine. Like, what are you doing? It was so... Dude, it was like, I've never... It was a full 360 of the person that you knew. 100% dude. Like 180 in a second. Like, you know when you... mean by (laughs) that. You know when you break up with someone or someone breaks up with you and then maybe the dust settles for like a week or something and then you see them again and it's like a different soul is in their body. You're like, you just don't recognize it. There's all of the... All the familiarity is Maybe gone. The eyes are different yeah, kinda. and they're just a stranger now. It was like that. I was like, "Oh, this is a different human being." That's so creepy. It was so weird. How
0: much dude. younger was she than you?
1: 3-4 years probably.
0: And this is like the last time you ever spoke after you confronted her about stealing your spatula?
1: Well, she owed me like 100 170 bucks for like a Spectrum bill.
0: Oh, but was that her getting back at you for paying the same rent?
1: Well, she never I Venmo her, she never paid it. She like blocked me on everything. Yo. Yeah.
0: So she ended up leaving that Thursday or? or I guess
1: so. Yeah, it must have been. And that was the last time you communicated with her. Literally never saw her again. Dude.
0: And you were tight with this girl for how long?
1: Uh, Better part of a year. Yo. Dude, it was was one of those things where you're surprised that like the degree to which people can just change up on you.
0: You ever had like a really bad breakup like that?
1: I've had three breakups and they're different types of difficult on me. The most recent one, me and an ex, um, she wanted me to propose. I was going. I had interest and in, in maybe light plans to do so. Were you guys living together? At the we moment? were. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, for almost three years, but I didn't. I wasn't ready. I'm. I'm not ready to be married, so I wasn't going to propose. We had a, a light timeline of like, I'll propose. She's twenty seven when she was thirty, or something. After, We've only been dating, been dating three dating for years. Them? three years. So I was like, by the time we're together six years, you'll be engaged. Maybe a year later, year and a half later. I don't know, we're married. Soon after that, I'd be willing to start having kids. But I needed I need time to like get my life where I want my life to be large bag, right. You need the big bag. Yeah. (laughs) Uh this was not acceptable. So that started what would eventually be like the end of things. I think it just put a rift and then revealed other issues that she had and whatever. I mean, I love her dearly. She's an incredible person. And, um, I think she'll probably get what she wants. That there's, that's the thing is like many girls, especially from like my part of Jersey who have parents who were married young, and maybe like... People don't get it, man.
0: Our parents and grandparents don't get it that things are like pushed back at least five years now. It, totally. Even on the
1: women's side. Totally. You know, and you if,
0: used to have kids at 23. Now 28, 30 is okay. Dude,
1: if you have a path in life that isn't graduate college, get a job in that field, and then just incrementally make more money until you die, you can't subscribe to that lifestyle. Like, it doesn't make sense. The thing is, getting married and building a life with with a partner and maybe having kids if you want to do that has practical limitations to your life that can only be made easier by having a consistent and
0: secure yeah there's a horizon income. for the, there's a horizon for that type of behavior totally you know like you know you're going to get your bonus in right. 2 weeks right like, you know that you are going to get promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, at, and the and, narrative. Know, in some, in okay. some cases, you get, you know, you get cut, you lose your job. But, you know, the, those are cases that people hate. Uh, uh, totally.
1: About. And the, you you can't plan for those things the same way you can't plan to be hit by a bus. So, like, you don't. Whereas, I think the, you know, the life that, like, I want to have very much included the things that, are her dream, but those things are not important to me, but they could become extremely important to me at the right if, time. If I yeah, if I accomplish my goal. Like I actually don't even know if I want a family and kids unless I self-actualize. If I Yeah, bro. if I if I achieve what I want personally. When when
0: when. when yeah. When, when you achieve. Yeah.
1: Thanks man. But I just it would be selfish of me to do anything else. It would be selfish of me to put someone else before me with such a it's not a small thing to commit to somebody forever which was not the issue it was not a matter of like oh i don't want to we were fully committed we're you know what i mean but like getting married starting a joint savings account looking at houses these are all things that take you very far from the lifestyle of a nightclub comedian dude she was like can you get another job so that we can start and right there i'm like I even I even was like I I could do it. I could like go get some side hustle to like have some more money so that we can start thinking about a house and stuff. But it was all way too soon. I was like, dude, I, I need to like be on the road more. I need like less obligation and responsibility to you cuz you're 27 and I need to be like going 110% with comedy right now and not thinking about like making a little extra money on the side. Like I need to be like right now, dude, I can be poor and it's fine. It affects only me, and as long as like I put enough calories in my body every day, like we're good. Yeah, it affects if, only you. You're right. But when you have all these obligations in even small ways, bro. it's yeah, it like just
0: gets harder and harder to be content in what you want to do.
1: Because it's not just the person. As far as our like one to one relationship went, it was a dream. It was so much fun. Like she's the best. She's so supportive, but she just a she wanted a different life than I want especially for our immediate and like near immediate future that they just couldn't mesh. So that's a lesson I learned with the most recent relationship is that like it, it, it shit is practical. Shit just has to work on a practical level of like, what do both people want their life to be on a daily basis and in the near future? Cause you could dude, if those things work, you could be with somebody you barely have fun with. You know what I mean? post-college I dated a girl for like a year and change and we did not like each other we had no business together but our lives were pretty simple so it was easy for us to keep dating well how do
0: you mean was she like a performer
1: no she uh she had a job in like real estate and then worked in an office and um you know like we both just wanted to be in the city all the time so like before and after shows I would go and I would be with her and like It just was fine. She didn't, we were too young to have any interest in getting married or taking things like more seriously. So we just were boyfriend and girlfriend for a long time. And like we fought constantly, but there was nothing bigger than our feelings that was pulling us in opposite directions. So you can get through a fight and then end up together again the next day. But if like your dreams, your self actualization money, a career pull you in different directions, loving each other. Isn't enough for that. And maybe it is for some people and they just decide to like sacrifice identity, career to be with each other. But I'll, I don't think I could ever love somebody that way. Like who I am and like why I'm here is, is my existence for me. Like I'm not on planet earth to like fall in love and find myself in another human being. If that happens, that's so cool. But like for reasons that I'm sure have to do with, like, family life, childhood, whatever, I don't care to, like, that. that's not the thing of life for me. I think falling in love is, like, the reason of life for a lot of people is, like, to find their person, their soulmate. I don't care about that.
0: Your parents divorced?
1: Yeah. If you couldn't tell from that. No, I was just asking, (laughs) because my
0: parents are, but they get along great. They work together. Oh, my parents have not spoken in
1: decades and if they did it would be the weirdest thing in the world so like you have to communicate between mom and dad i don't talk to my father i haven't um but but yeah me and my mom are tight it's going to be interesting to see like what happens with guys
0: in their i guess like late 20s early 30s over the next few years you know just because our parents our grandparents expect us to be with a woman expect us to be married and have the stability living with someone and it's it's just changing bro like to be honest over the last two or three years like i don't want to be dating a girl who's 28 29 years old man like i don't Mm -hmm. want that timeline for myself yeah just because like things start to get pressurized around that totally so like if i'm dating a girl who's you know 24 25 maybe she's a little young at the moment i
1: understand why leonardo DiCaprio
0: won't date a woman over 25 he said it. I was thinking it. He said it.
1: And I, <laughs> damn right I said it. I, uh, totally. I mean, I get it,
0: bro. It's just like he doesn't want to have kids, apparently.
1: he dude, Even Seemingly. if he does want to have kids, he doesn't want to faction his life into pieces that are out of his control. How do you mean by that? What I mean is if you're married, you got to go to brunch with her family on Sundays. And that that's a they might be lovely and you might have fun and a good meal, but that's still a day you didn't spend on your art or indulging do your Do you think
0: he, do you think that's how he feels on a certain certain extent? He
1: he must. I mean, I certainly can't like that
0: no because mentioning that that seems like a pretty deep kind of thought in that like, I mean that that's one that like kind of
1: I guess comes from my personal experience right, too, right, right. right? But like, dude, the, the truth of the matter is, is that like artists, creatives are, are two things. They're people who feel feelings like so deeply, so immensely, but kind of in a void. We, we feel them often hypothetically. Like if I'm sitting alone and I'm, or I'm falling asleep at night and I'm thinking about a girl I have a crush on, I could feel so goddamn in love like move mountains in love, but it's because it's like my private indulgence of like these feelings. And even if I like share them with a person out in real life, the second that you honor those feelings and now you have obligation to that person, uh, it changes your whole world. It changes like the amount of hours that you can spend on things. So in addition to being these like immense feelers, we're also like really, really selfish and want to control our whole world. And I think that that's evidenced by that. We make things like people who make things are controllers. Like we're trying to build things and we're trying to create uh, the experience around people seeing those things, whether it's a joke or a movie or a sculpture, like you, you have an idea about how people are going to interact with you and perceive you and the things you make. And I think like you throw a relationship into that mix. It fucks up the inner workings of how you can give to the world and you know what I mean? It's it's a lot for for an artist who really just wants to be an artist to also be somebody's take somebody's keeper, somebody's caretaker. It's a fucking two huge responsibilities. There's a responsibility to yourself and to your babies, which is like your projects. And then also to this other living, breathing human being. And I think the only way that it can happen is if you are super successful.
0: Right. Or it starts at the very beginning. Like, totally. you know, you guys grew up on the same street. Mm-hmm. You went to the same middle school, same high school. She knows right. you from the very beginning. This middle ground, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word, it's, it's tough to find someone who for is the stranger, perfect person.
1: For a stranger. Some I just, well, we met outside Chase Bank. And now I'm not going to, I'm going to go late to my show tonight because... She, well, she was having like trouble with the pasta. Like, what?
0: What? And when you've been together for that long, that doesn't happen. Like, you're going to the show. You know, you're not staying right. home and helping right. her with the pasta. But
1: even the, even the sacrifices that aren't sacrifices because they understand are sacrifices. Because what happens is they get credit for how supportive and how they don't give you a problem for how much you do your show, which has a fucking receipt. It's got, you can cash that in. My ex was extremely supportive. Wouldn't bat an eye if there was something I wanted to do for work or something. Go, 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 go. So what was the caveat? Just getting an extra job? <laughs> At that time, that's like one specific example, which wasn't hugely important, but it, it you know, it popped up. But it, it was more that when she felt like she, it was time for her to be proposed to, she got to like cash in. She felt all the, all the support and goodwill of like being such a ride or die chick but I'm like, no, 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 no. That can't have a price tag on it. Like, that's that's not what this is. Because I'm I can be pretty heartless as far as like what I'm willing to Cause here's the thing. If I marry you, or if we have kids together, I'll throw away comedy and everything in a heartbeat. If maybe not for a person but for children. The way I grew up, dude, I'll I'll give any I'll never talk again if it meant my my kid was going to have like a good day at school. You know what I mean? I'll stay by my mouth. shut. Like that's the type of commitment that I can give to something that I, that is my top priority right now. Me and my, and my career, my art are my top priority. So if, if somebody wants me to sacrifice that for them, I can't, I just, it doesn't even, it's not even a fucking question. It doesn't occur to me at all to do that. I would never. I think it's murder. That's You're murdering me if you do that. Right now, dude, so much of my time is spent trying to make it. You know what I mean? Like, so much of my time is spent trying to have more shows. Booking shows. Tr- trying to... Is auditioning. Leonardo DiCaprio is not fucking auditioning. He just is in another movie. He just has a conversation and he does another movie. So, so much of my time right now is spent... Trying to be working pre-work so if that time gets supplanted with free time because now I'm working then yeah I, I have afforded myself the opportunity to honor the lovely feelings I feel with a relationship because it's not a matter of like oh my heart's too cold and I can't be in love I'm the most I mean I scare girls off all the time with how fucking much I love them at first sight right to me It is like a man's journey to deserve those things. And anytime like a buddy of mine, like from high school or whatever gets married, I'm like, oh, like, that's nice. But like, you're going to die nameless. (laughs) Like You're just I'm just obsessed with like sometimes it feels like settling. Yeah. In it a does. situation like that. I think everybody should have an albatross that is like I think you've got to pick a goal in life that you think is almost impossible. And then if you can do that, then I think you deserve all the fucking happiness in the that's world. That's
0: very hard to do though if you're not passionate about what you're going for though.
1: Totally. You know that's what I mean? True. That,
0: that's like a that's a whole other thing that not a lot of people I think really have the opportunity. You know, like people want to yeah. win their conference playing division three soccer. That's right. dope. They win it. Now, yeah. like, okay, what else am I passionate about? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think people having such an easy time being the popular kid in high school, being the popular sports athlete in high school. Right. Then they go to college, slight struggle. They see that not everything is so easy here. And then that kind of uh mindset continues into you know everyday life after it's, that.
1: I'm glad that I think most people are some version of that where they're not they don't have such a hard go that they're forced to seek like resolve or content cuz it's not even dude I don't I sometimes I get off stage with like a euphoric high yeah. but a lot of time I just feel content I was telling my brother the other night like if I do something creative whether I make some music or I edit a video or I perform I feel content I don't feel amazing sometimes yeah, I do too. if it's yeah, particularly amazing I agree. but I feel okay with myself and m- otherwise I actually feel pretty bad. Like I feel upset or angry or confused or uh, like trepidation. I just feel all these different things that are charged. and, And I have this vibration of anxiety all the time until I can kind of put my imprint on something creatively. And then I see myself in the world through that. And I go, okay, I'm here and I'm content. But without those things, I don't feel okay. And so I need to do these things all the time. To just be fucking at a level. Like every night, uh, the weekends, where my, my buddies, my brother, they're all going out and they're like, hey, come meet up with us. And I'm like, I got a show. After the show, I'd love to. And I actually have more fun because I, I did my thing tonight. I'm done. I'm done. And I, honestly, most of the time I don't end up going because I'm content. Because I've checked my box and I, I'm one with the universe. The fucking forces balanced. But I can't. My My... My younger brother, and he's very, very similar to me. I don't say this to, like, you know, oh, he's fucking not an artist or whatever, but, like, he just has an easier... He's a chill dude. Like, I don't think he's as at war with, like, the world around him, and he doesn't have to combat... Like, he doesn't take personally that life is difficult. It's beautiful, dude. Like, he has... He is incredibly fucking mature... And he just feels things when they're hard and he struggles through things when when they're challenging and he enjoys things when they're lovely, but he doesn't take it personally that life has ups and downs. Whereas I'm so upset that like there are challenges, there are things that could make me feel worse about myself.
0: Yeah, but I think that's what makes the great ones tick. You know, like this is my everything good and bad that happens to me is my fault. Yeah, as opposed to when you're working a job or something, like it was it was Elizabeth being a bitch. It was Tom. He was an asshole. Right. wasn't my fault. I sent that email. Right when it's like you in there all by yourself, like oh shit, that was my fault. Oh shit, I shouldn't have said that. Oh shit, I blew the light. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking me, you dude. Know? It
1: is an incredible depersonalization that these people either have naturally or occurs to them to develop. Uh, I don't have that at all. I need to develop it just to, to survive as a mechanism, but I absolutely blame myself for the smallest things and most inconsequential things. It turns to the dude, the, 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 the most nothing thought can turn into the thought you're fucking worthless. Like why aren't you better? It could be nothing, but like, I'm so vulnerable to like pointing the guns at myself and I will say that, like, it is the thing that motivates me to evolve. It's a shame that I can't evolve with less motivation, but yeah, that's dude. what triggers me.
0: Yeah, just the idea of not being good enough is always gonna always gonna make you better, which is yeah. fucked up. And it's crazy to think that, like, the things that are really annoying day to day usually are, is the shit that you got to do. <laughs> oh, you man. know, especially when you think about just uh, as baseless or. As the gym, you know, that's not something that's super specific, but just when you don't want to go to the gym and you go to the gym, that's like a, a victory. Yeah. You don't oh, want to go yeah. to the gym and you don't go to the gym. You know, that's a loss. If you just oh, look at it yeah, like yeah. that, making your bed, small things. I
1: think that you, they re- make you read in huge books and difference. shit. They really make a huge difference because especially when you're like us and you do take personally all these little things, like if I do or don't go to the gym, I, I'll have these thoughts in my head where I'm like, if... If you go, you're who you say you are, and if you don't go, I don't recognize you. You're a pussy. You're a coward. Keeping promises to yourself are massive. Yeah, that- it's that consequential for me, and I'll I'll really let myself feel how the that much self loathing if I don't keep a. It's not a good way to live because if you don't make your bed, it doesn't mean you're a piece of shit. Absolutely, but. There's an upside to it, which is that if you do make your bed, you're fucking awesome. Yeah, you're fucking top G. dude. And it's all ha, like
0: the little mind tricks.
1: It know? really is. You walk down the street having made your bed. You fucking brushed your teeth. <laughs> and, you're like, and people are looking at like, damn. Yo, Thinking I walked into the cellar the other night. Dude, I walked into the cellar the other night. And uh, I had a spot on one of the shows. And um, I go to sit at the table. And a comic named Dan Natterman is standing in there. And I walked in. And I was confident. I had confidence in me and it was because it was because I fucking did my laundry and went to the gym earlier in the day. So I was just proud of myself because right before I left the apartment, I folded clothing and as I walk in, he goes, look at this guy acting like he owns the place. I wasn't going like what's up. Like I wasn't like trying to show that energy. It was completely unbeknownst to me, but he like clocked it on me and it was just because I did my laundry. And I bet you didn't want to. No, I. Please, no. But I did, and then it made me super saiyan.
0: Isn't that crazy? Yeah, dude. Doing the fucking hard shit that you don't want to do. Nick, this has been an amazing episode, bro. As this podcast comes out, it's Monday. Happy New Year, man. It's 2023. Absolutely. You guys catch this guy on the Ted Jones Comedy Show, January 19th, 8 p.m. at the new Moxie Hotel,
1: 145
0: Bowery. Check the link in this YouTube video. Nick, we're popping up your Instagram right here, so please shout it out. At Mr. Nick Callis. See you there. Absolutely. Follow this guy, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, Peace.